At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number three betting across America presented by bet MGM Femi Bebefe, Adam Burke here giving it to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino where during the break we of course learned how to Mike Gundy uh, it is a festive <laughs> dance that one might do on a New Year's Day when his team is playing in the Fiesta Bowl so of course Oklahoma State taking on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish right now trailing by seven we'll keep our eye on that game but we want to play a little market check NFC futures edition here and Adam we were talking during the break about where we wanted to go with this uh, segment here and the one that stood out to me is the Tennessee Titans right now in the AFC conference market to win the AFC the Tennessee Titans are nine to one and the reason why I wanted to ask you about this is because there's still a path for the Tennessee Titans to be the number one seed now it requires the Kansas City Chiefs losing one of these next two games now they're four point favorites against the Cincinnati Bengals tomorrow likely going to be six-ish or so at Denver week 18. But if they were to trip up and Tennessee were to win out, the road to the Super Bowl will go through Nashville. Do you think there's a little value on this Titans team at 9-1 to that could be healthier come playoff time? You know, look, first of all, we don't know for sure that Derrick Henry will be back. Yeah. You know, I mean, if they get the bye, there's a pretty good chance that Henry will be back for that first playoff game. If they don't, they might have to play without him. And one of the things I really don't like about Tennessee, and I understand they've been missing Derrick Henry all year long, but they're about the only playoff caliber team in the negative in yards per play differential. They're about minus mm-hmm. 0.3 yards per play. So they've given up, I think, 5.4. They've gained 5.1. Henry has a lot to do with that, certainly. But Ryan Tannehill's not playing particularly well. That wide receiver group's been hurt pretty much all year long. <laughs> the whole, yeah, the whole season. Uh, the defense is, is solid, and the defense is greatly, tremendously improved from last year's version, which is a really big help for Tennessee. I just, I can't get there for two reasons. One is I don't know how healthy Henry will be when he gets back and if he's going to be able to hit the ground running and be as effective as he was. Mm -hmm. And second, I don't know if I trust this defense against some of these playoff teams you're going to run into. You know, I mean, you've got the Colts and that elite level running game. And Carson Wentz has played well this year, despite all the negative highlights of him. You know, Titans run into the Bills, right? I mean, do they slow down Josh Allen? Titans run into the Bengals. I mean, Joe Burrow having a phenomenal year. You know, they run into the Chiefs. You know, can they stop Patrick Mahomes? I know that they have those data points from earlier on in the year where they played really well against those contending types of teams. But I also think that those contending teams are better now than they were when they played the Titans and the Titans are worse. So Mm -hmm. I I can't get there. I I just, I don't like the Titans. I may fade them in the playoffs and it may hurt me, but I just, I'm not a big believer in this Tennessee team. 
I actually do believe in okay. Tennessee. To an extent, though, it is contingent on their health. And I grabbed some 10-to-1 a couple weeks ago when I thought that, hey, if they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, they control their own destiny to the number one seed if they were to beat the Steelers and the 49ers. They only got one of those two things done. But I think if they can get healthy, you mentioned it. They've beaten the Indianapolis Colts not once but twice. They beat the Buffalo Bills. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They went to L.A., beat the L.A. Rams, who people like a lot. Like, they got some good wins. Now, after that stretch is when they got hurt. Is when you had the loss to the Houston Texans, you saw the loss to the New England Patriots when they were playing like they're with their hand behind their back, it felt like in that scenario here. But if they're able to get healthy, and especially if they're able to get the bye week to get even healthier, give Julio Jones a little bit of rest on that hamstring, give AJ Brown whatever rest he needs, maybe get Derrick Henry back. This is a team that I think they play a style of football that a lot of the contenders right now, the top of the market in the AFC, the Chiefs and the Bills, don't really want any part of with that physical kind of style of play, given what we saw earlier this week. And now if they have to go to Nashville to get it done, maybe Tennessee could possibly be there in an AFC title game to where maybe you set yourself up with a pretty decent hedge opportunity or so. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Gil Alexander mentioned this on Wednesday when I did this show with him that he's got a piece of the Titans coming into the season for a Super Bowl future mm-hmm. because they're kind of impervious to where they play, right? If they run into a bad weather game, bad weather could hurt the Bills. It could hurt the Bengals. You know, teams that, and those teams have okay running games, but they they run the offense through Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, respectively. The Titans, if they're in a bad weather game, it actually helps them. They love it. They've got a good defense. (laughs) They can hammer away with the running game in Derrick Henry. So that's something I think it's important to keep in mind, too, is that if they end up in some sort of weather situation, it helps them. Similarly, Similarly, it would help a team like the Colts you know, with Jonathan Taylor and what they're able to do with the running game. So a lot of moving parts in the AFC. I I don't know if there's a great futures opportunity just because Mm -hmm. I feel like any one of these teams could beat any one of the other teams any given week for sure. Yeah. And I think that's honestly probably what gravitated me toward the Titans at 10 to one was because of the path to the number one seed. And also they've proven that they can beat these teams. They've Mm -hmm. already done it. So kind of take the biggest long shot on the board that has a, just a, a, Decent chance to try to get to the Super Bowl, and that's kind of how I attacked it there. Because outside of once that Tennessee right there is a cutoff for me, the Indianapolis Colts having odds that are just a little shorter than Tennessee to me is a gross misprice in my opinion. I, I, I get that people like this Colts team, and there's a lot to like about them, but they're going to have to win three road games to get to the Super Bowl. Like, that's difficult. I know we saw it last year, but, hey, we saw it with Tom Brady at quarterback. He's been in every scenario, every situation you can think of. The Colts are still led by Carson Wentz, who's played one quarter of playoff football. Mm-hmm. Like, and now you want him to go win three road games? Like, to me, that's just I, – I can't get there with Indianapolis just because I'm – and maybe it's my fault and I'll lose a lot of money in the playoffs, but I'm just hung up on the quarterback position and what Wentz brings to the table and his lack of experience in these spots to where I just can't get there with a price that's 8-1. to one. Yeah, I, I think that's perfectly reasonable, especially, you know, winning the three road games is really difficult. And speaking of which – this is not a Homer perspective being a Browns fan. In fact, I generally expect the worst <laughs> at 66 to one. Yep. If the Browns win this division, they get a home game yep. in that wild card round. And I'm not saying that they're going to win it. And I'm not saying that they're going to win the division. And, and I know we'll talk about some of the scenarios coming up here because look, if Cincinnati wins on Sunday, the Browns are done. Yeah. And you know, that's going to dictate kind of where that line goes for Monday night football, but at 66 to one, I mean, you know, we're talking about a, a very small bet with a high return to where, I think Cleveland, and I know Baker Mayfield is, is a massive handicap for this team. 
I think they could beat any one of these AFC teams. Oh, yeah. You know, if they, they can establish a run with Nick Chubb, the defense is good. If they get a healthier Miles Garrett come playoff time, I mean, look, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Browns win you a playoff game at 66 to 1. Then you can start hedging, kind of find some other opportunities. And to that end, with the plus 550 that you see on the board here for the AFC North futures from BetMGM, look, they obviously need a lot of things to fall their way this weekend. But if those things fall their way, they're probably a short favorite against Cincinnati in week 18. Yeah. So plus 550 to win the division is is not that bad of an idea. But again, you know, you need the chalk to hold up with the Chiefs and also the Rams this weekend. It's funny you brought up that Browns long shot to win the AFC because I was actually looking at that this morning. I didn't pull the trigger on it. Um, I obviously pulled the trigger on Bengals to miss the playoffs at plus 350. But I was looking at that Browns ticket and I was like, oh, what's the best number I can find? At Caesars, I saw 75 to 1 on the Cleveland Browns to win the AFC. Now, I'm still staring at it. Maybe I'll make a play on it earlier today or later today, I should say. But like you mentioned, it, you laid it out there. They're going to get a home playoff game if they do get to the playoffs. And they'll likely be playing maybe in Indianapolis or so. And I just mentioned how Carson Wentz, I mean, Baker Mayfield has more playoff experience than Carson Wentz does. And now you have a Browns defense that's pretty good. Like uh, all the Baker Mayfield stuff aside, the Cleveland Browns can get to the quarterback and they are pretty good on the back end. If they were to be in a tight spread game and a coin flip ball bounces their way, they end up in the second round and you have a 75 to one ticket. Now they'd have to go on the road likely, which I don't think would end well for them, but you at least put yourself in position to at least make a little bit of money on the back end later on in round two or maybe even round three of the playoffs. Right. I mean, we're, we're talking about, you talk about 75 to one, 66 to one prices in that range. We're talking $15 to win over a grand. And you these, know, I mean, and it's a very feasible scenario for them to get into the tournament. Right. I mean, you, we've all made worse bets than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's it, with, with the scenario. And I granted they need things to happen, but the things that they need to happen, that's the chalk. Like, right. If chalk prevails, the Cleveland Browns will be in the playoffs. Like people need to understand that. So if you see a seventy-five to one, I think that is definitely, uh, definitely, definitely a very juicy price there that I might end up in my pending wagers at some point by the end of the day. Let's look over to the NFC here and try to see if there's a little bit of value in the NFC championship market right now the green bay packers two to one to win the nfc the buccaneers three to one rams plus 450 the cowboys five to one cardinals 10 to one 49ers 16 to one do you think there's any value right now in this nfc betting futures market if jimmy garoppolo hadn't gotten hurt i would be interested in san francisco because again they play that style of football where regardless of the weather they'd be okay they've got a good defense they've got a good running game now that debo samuel has has really emerged for them uh, but the, the reality here of the NFC is that, you know, unlike in the AFC where I think anybody can beat anybody because all these teams are flawed, all these teams, in the NFC are just really good, you know? So maybe it just comes down to something as simple as, you know, the, a turnover or, you know, and then you wind up with a, a mild upset or something like that. I will say this. I'm not a big believer in green Bay. Mm-hmm. When you look at Green Bay from a metric standpoint, from a statistical standpoint, they don't have a big yards per play margin. I know Aaron Rodgers takes great care of the football, so they're really high in, in the turnover margin department. But there's just something about this team that I just I don't love. You know, I, I, and they're probably going to get a buy, which is something that certainly helps them. Yep. At this point in time, I mean, it's a relatively short price, but we just saw Tampa Bay do this last year. I like Tampa Bay at 3-1. to one. You know, from yeah. a DVOA standpoint, they look great. Brady looks good. I know they have the injuries, and that's a big worry. But over the next two weeks, they should get healthy. They have two games that they don't really have to care too much about because their four losses are all to NFC teams. So they can't really move up a whole lot in the conference standings. So to me, I, I think Tampa, 
I, I think Tampa Bay is the best team in the NFL. I think they're the best team in the NFC. So at three to one, not being the favorite, I think there's a little bit of equity there. Yeah, I think the Packers are a gettable favorite right now. Uh, the road to the Super Bowl is going to go through Lambeau, but we saw Tom Brady go and go through Lambeau and go ahead and win a Super Bowl just a year ago. Now these other teams, it might be trickier <laughs> for them to go to Lambeau and win this win uh, a game there in January. But we've seen Tampa Bay do it, so why not? They can do it again. Also, some breaking news that we just got in the NFL: uh, the Colts have activated Carson Wentz from the reserve COVID list. So Wentz is now eligible to start tomorrow against the Las Vegas Raiders. That line sitting at seven, total 44.5. Circa just went to 7.5, minus 110 each way. We'll, of course, discuss the aftermath of that on the other side of this segment. But once again, Carson Wentz has cleared protocol and has been activated to start in tomorrow's game against the Las Vegas Raiders as the news continues to pour in heading into the penultimate week of the NFL regular season. All right, it's BAA Blind Resume on the other side. You're watching Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off of a VEASAN all-access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting split showing you where the money is going on every game. Sign up today, and you'll also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMG. The Femi Abebefe alongside Adam Burke here from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. You should have the bull betting guide by now. I mean, Adam wrote in it, and if you didn't get it by now, you're going to break his heart, and we don't want to do that to start the new year of 2022. So make sure to get all your situations uh, in order. Here's we got a few more bowl games to go on. Right now, Notre Dame leads at 21 to 7 in the Fiesta Bowl as Oklahoma State can't cover, and I don't mean cover the spread, I mean cover any receivers. <laughs> like, yeah, and I'm pretty excited about this game now that Ohio State hired Jim Knowles away from, from Oklahoma State yeah, because if he means this that much. a completely different team. <laughs> if he means that much to them, then whoa, that, that Buckeye defense might be pretty, pretty menacing next year since they got a lot of big name recruits, one of which came from the Seattle area. JT Tuimalau, uh, sad the Huskies didn't get him. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we mentioned it in the previous segment. Carson Wentz activated from the COVID-19 list. So just in case if you missed it last segment, Carson Wentz is activated and in line to start tomorrow's game against the Las Vegas Raiders. And we continue to see some line movement right now. The consensus line in this game is Colts by 
eight. This was hanging around seven, seven and a half. People thought the indications that he might be able to get activated, but we never knew. But it's now it's eight, total of 45 here. And before we move on, just to kind of get final thoughts on this move right now with Wentz now being in place to start for the Indianapolis Colts. Well, it takes away a lot of the luster that we talked about with that game, hoping yeah. that it would be Sam Hellinger and that we could get a cheap price on the Colts <laughs> at one and a half. Not going to be doing it anymore. <laughs> we will not be getting that. And uh, no, I will not be laying the eight here in this game with Indianapolis. Although, I guess it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if they're able to get ahead and just kind of salt the lead away in the second half against a, the Raiders. It's a great teaser leg. Yeah, that's true. It is a great, is a great teaser leg, especially with that total now in that 45 range. Even though Wentz is playing, that total really hasn't adjusted up too much. Yep. Um, look, I also think, too, that the game plan is still going to go through Jonathan Taylor, as it should. I mean, you're talking about a Raiders team that does have pretty good edge play. You, know, you don't want to get Carson Wentz beaten up back there in this game. Uh, so, you know, I I don't really have anything side or total at this point, except mm -hmm. for I, I agree it's a great teaser leg on the Colts. Yeah, if anything, I might try to find a way to tease this with some other options um, there that are many, out there. Yeah, the not, yeah, not a whole lot of options out there. Maybe if you tease it with the Chargers, you go take the Chargers down to one and a half, you get the Colts down to two. Um, that's it because Denver is dealing with some COVID issues on their side of the ball. So maybe that, or maybe you tease it with Seattle, but I do not recommend doing that. Although I do like Seattle in the game to cover. I, I bet it at six and a half, uh, but I would not bet it at seven and a half. So I don't think I'd want to tease Seattle really. They just seem like a volatile team. So don't include that in your teaser if you're listening. But yeah, maybe the Chargers. That could be a way to go about it. They're Chargers, Colts, little uh, two, uh, six point teaser for the folks uh, if they want to go about it that way. Let's get over to NFL awards blind resume because we've talked about NFL futures, talked about the market check and all that stuff, but we need to do it with the awards because award situations are going to be, uh, I guess, known later on this month once the NFL honors the show that they do right before the Super Bowl typically. So the blind resume, and I want to start with the MVP here, Adam. MVP blind resume. Now, the first player in this resume right now is minus 190, the favorite, 12 and 3 record, 3,689 passing yards, 33 TDs, four interceptions. I'm sure you know who this person is. The second person, plus 650, 11 and 4 record, 4,500 passing yards, 37 TDs, 11 picks here. From the blind resume, who do you think is the MVP of the NFL? You know, I think it's just so important in today's NFL to take care of the football. I think it's just a, a remarkably important trait that a quarterback has to have because, you know, look, at this point in time, I mean, the league average is scoring at about, I think it's maybe 40% or so of your offensive possessions. So you've got to take care of the football. And for me, I think having that 33 to 4 turnover and interception ratio is, is a little bit of a front runner here despite, you know, the higher yardage total for the other guy. Yeah, and I, I probably should have waited to reveal the odds for you before because I think the odds give it away. Uh, <laughs> but when we strip away and reveal who those people are, I'm sure for the folks who are following along at home can realize that number one is Aaron Rodgers, number two is Tom Brady. And I'm fascinated to talk about this MVP discussion because I actually made a play in this MVP market. Um, the news earlier this week, we, we heard that Kirk Cousins is going to be placed on the reserve COVID list after testing positive for COVID-19. Doesn't have enough time to clear the five-day protocol to get into this game. So the Packers right now, are 13-point favorites against the Vikings on Sunday night with a total of 42-and-a-half. And when I saw that news for Kirk Cousins testing positive for COVID, I instantly thought Rodgers won MVP. Just because they're going to win this game, at least that's what the market thinks. Crazy things can happen, but all indications are that they should win this game. The next week, they play the Detroit Lions, where they will once again be double-digit favorites now on the road. If they win out 14-and-3, you saw the numbers that we saw right there protecting the football like you mentioned. How does Rodgers not win MVP? 
I think the only way Rodgers doesn't win MVP is, and again, this is something you have to handicap the voters mm -hmm. for these types of awards. That's the only way I could see Rodgers not winning MVP is how many voters kind of hold against him the COVID thing and some of the comments he's made, like on Pat McAfee's show and all of that, yeah. you know, is that something that people hold against him? And, and if so, then maybe he has a hard time getting to the votes. But, you know, from a performance standpoint, it's Rodgers' award to lose for sure. Yeah, I saw this because that's one of the things that I've been interested about how are voters going to do with this. And I think that if there was another legitimate MVP candidate, then I think Rodgers would have been penalized because early in the year I was like, I don't think you can bet him after his immunization claims and all that stuff. I don't. I think there's going to be too much backlash against Rodgers. But after we saw Brady kind of fall off in that Sunday night game, and Brady's now going to be hiding in the 1 p.m. window, so his last impression in the regular season was getting shut out against a team that has Taysom Hill at quarterback, nine nothing, losing that game in prime time. Aaron Rodgers' last impression is going to be tomorrow night against the Minnesota Vikings when his team is a 13-point favorite. And if he has another really good game, I think that's going to speak volumes for his case as an MVP just because they're going to look at 33 TDs, only four INTs, and, oh, by the way, the best record in the league at 14-3 and three if they win Week 17 and Week 18. And I saw Adam Shine write this in his NFL column. He said, the man has a 16-0 to zero TD to INT ratio over the last five weeks. Rodgers' sheer genius and his unparalleled connection with Devontae Adams overshadows all other weaknesses. In related news, Mr. Rodgers is well on his way to receiving my AP MVP vote again. So that's only one person. There's a 50 voters, I, be I believe it is. But we already see one person in the media already saying that, hey, this is the MVP. Right. So I think that the immunization claim, because nobody else really took the award from him, will have little to no effect on his case to win the award. And I think that it's his award to win. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I guess maybe something you could say is, are there enough people out there that are tired of quarterbacks winning the award? You know, do you get some some people who wind up giving a first place vote to Jonathan Taylor or to Cooper Cup or oh, something like that? I think both those guys will get first place votes. I, I think so too, but it probably still won't be enough because anybody that votes, uh, unless they go like Taylor, Cup, Rogers, or you know, mm -hmm. Cup, Taylor, so on. Like, that's the thing is is will you have enough people that that don't put Rogers first or second? And I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I think to me it's uh, we talk about different ways to bet games. My way to bet Packers Vikings, I already had Packers minus six and a half in pocket. I liked them heading into the week already, and then the Kirk Cousins news came out. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to lay 13 or whatever, double up on my original stake. So I was like, how else can I attack this? And instantly, the MVP is really what stood out to me because I was seeing prices at minus 160, minus 170, minus 175. I think anything under minus 200, honestly, is a play on Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP because I just don't think anyone else will make a strong enough case to where it, his immunization thing factors into the voters to where it'll hurt him and prevent him from winning the award. But that's just my take. Of course, Tom Brady could then get it, and I could sit here looking like an idiot with a lot of Rodgers tickets in my pocket. Uh, we shall see later on next month. Uh, offensive player of the year, this is an interesting one. Nine and six record for candidate number one, 1,962 total yards, just 17 touchdowns, and then player number two, you have 1,700 total yards, 14 touchdowns. Who do you think is the offensive player of the year when you compare these two blind resumes? So here's the thing is even though the offensive line exists, I feel like a lot of people really isolate the running back position and sort of consider it to be an individual position, mm -hmm. whereas for a wide receiver, they're going to look at it and say, well, it's the quarterback too, you know, which is why quarterbacks always win the MVP. 
You know, the, the wide receivers can put up really big numbers, but everyone goes, yeah, but it's the guy throwing to him. So yeah. they wind up giving it to the quarterback. In this instance, I think it's going to go to the running back here. And, and you know, obviously we, we know who these two guys are. I mean, they've clearly yeah. been the two best non-quarterback offensive players all year long. It, it, Jonathan Taylor also has the chance, as you talked about already, Femi, to have a really big end of the year. Obviously, you want to worry about keeping him as fresh as possible for the playoffs, but he's got the opportunity to have a couple of big games here uh, where he's going to be the focal point of that offense as he has been all year. So that's it to me. I don't think people are going to give the offensive line of the Colts enough credit, Mm -hmm. and they'll kind of give some of Cooper Cup's credit to Matt Stafford, who frankly hasn't played all that well here of late. But I think it's got to be Jonathan Taylor here at minus 105. I just I can't see them giving it to Cup because people are going to go, "It's, it's a byproduct of Stafford. It's interesting with Cooper Cup because the argument I will make in his favor is that he could be approaching the most catches record, mm-hmm. which maybe the whole aura of he broke a record maybe works in his favor That's fair. for the Offensive Player of the Year award there. But Jonathan Taylor, now that Carson Wentz is back, I think a little bit of the luster wanes off a little bit of Taylor being the galvanizing force for this Colts offense. We can continue discussion on the other side, but first we're going to talk about picks in the next segment here. It's Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Oops, and many more. They're all free and available now at VSIN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Betting Across America presented by Bet MGM, Femi Abebefe, Adam Burke here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We got Dave Ross coming up in the next segment as we pass the baton to our friends Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds over there at Circa. They will do the next three hours of BAA, but here we got about 30 minutes left to round things out. A couple of uh, live betting updates we're going to give you guys here right now. Arkansas leads the Outback Bowl against Penn State 17-10. to The Razorbacks six-and-a-half point favorites. The live total at 43-and-a-half. And in Glendale, Arizona, Notre Dame is up 21 to seven. The game is off the board as of right now, but Notre Dame is getting the ball back and they lead it by 14 with 543 to play. And then, of course, the Citrus Bowl, Kentucky up 13 to three. Adams on that with Kentucky minus three. It's 10 and a half on the live market, total 36 and a half. So that total was low, around that 44 and a half range or so, but it is even trending toward the under at 36 and a half with this live number. So that's our bowl game update here. But now you guys want to know what you can win money on today and tomorrow. So to take things away, we have. Adam Burke, who you can find at Skating Tripods on Twitter. So if these picks don't do well, you know where to find them. Just kidding. Just kidding, Adam. Just kidding. Just kidding. But who do you like in today's action and, of course, tomorrow? Yeah, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Skating Tripod. <laughs> um, all right. So, look, at this point in time, we talked about this earlier in the show, Femi. I, I get it. Olave's not playing. Wilson's not playing. Petit mm-hmm. Freer's not playing. And, and that could end up being an issue for them. But also, there's a lot of incentive here for Ohio State, specifically the coaching staff, to figure out what they've got going forward, especially at the wide receiver position. I think we get a very balanced offense from Ohio State. I think they use Travion Henderson. I think they, I don't think anybody can cover Jackson Smith and Jigba, who might be the best slot receiver in the NFL within the next five years. 
I think Ohio State at four now is a pretty decent look. I know Utah beat Oregon twice. Ohio State lost to Oregon, much to my chagrin. But <laughs> I just feel like, to me, Ohio State's just so talented. They're so good on the edges. Utah doesn't see a whole lot of this in Pac-12 play. Yeah, maybe the Utes run it a little bit on Ohio State. That's fine. But I think Ohio State gets it in bigger chunks through the air, whereas Utah kind of gets it on the ground. So, like Ohio State minus four, I was hoping for three and a half. It doesn't seem like we're going to get one of those. As far as the NFL goes, uh, Femi, I'm sure you agree with me on this. This is a very ugly card. Yeah. Extremely ugly card. Not a whole lot to like. We talked about how there's a small number of teaser plays even available here. Uh, but what I do like here, Giants and Bears under 37. Oh. There's not a whole lot of 37s left out there. So if you like this play like I do, go ahead and grab it. Going to be pretty bad weather in Chicago for this game. Pretty bad quarterback play, I'm expecting as well. Two teams that just have very low yards per play numbers offensively. It's like the under in that one. The Jets plus 13 and a half this is a very ugly play. And I do think Tampa Bay, the best team in the NFL, I have them power rated number one. But for the Jets here, they've got Tampa Bay coming off the division crown. First time in 14 years that they've won, or I think it's first time in 14 years. 2007 was the last yeah, time they won the division. That they won the division. Uh, they're very banged up. They've got some COVID concerns in the secondary. The Jets are bad, but this is a warm weather team going up to a cooler weather city. It's going to be damp. It's going to be wet. Not a great day to put Tom Brady at risk. So I like mm -hmm. the Jets getting a lot of points in that one. And then the Panthers plus six and a half. I, but I just don't think the Saints, whether it's Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, Ian Book, you, me, whoever it might be, <laughs> I don't think the Saints are worthy of being a six-and-a-half-point favorite against anybody. And I know the Panthers look really, really bad here. But Carolina still a pretty solid defensive team, very low total for this game. Give me the points with Carolina on that one, plus six-and-a-half. Yeah, Shaq Thompson and Brian Burns also cleared from the COVID uh, protocol, so they're both going to be playing in that game. Big news there for the Carolina Panthers as they get two of their best defenders back. But Stephon Gilmore, I believe, will be out for that game. But I, I really agree with you about this Ohio State thing, and I, I haven't played it yet because I'm, I'm a coward. So I, I was waiting for a three, hoping it would get down to there, that there'd be so much Utah love that maybe we saw Buckeyes minus three. Doesn't appear to be the case. Um, we talked about live betting it, and I think that's kind of how I'm going to approach it. I'm going to see how invested Ohio State is into this Rose Bowl. Uh, of course, the question is, does Utah's motivation outweigh Ohio State's talent? We'll see. We're going to find out. But I want to see just if Ohio State is engaged. If I get a good indicator that they're engaged, I will probably bet the Buckeyes live. Maybe hope that Utah gets up maybe by a fluke touchdown or something. I do want to ask you about an NFL game that we haven't touched on yet really here today. And I, mm -hmm. I want to get your take on it because I think it's a really, really intriguing game. Miami and Tennessee, Oof. Tennessee, three and a half point favorite total 40, pretty much across most of the market. There are some places, including some faraway ones that have gone down to 39 and a half now. So indicators that there is some influential money on the under. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think about this one here where you've got a Miami team rolling, but they've played virtually nobody during that stretch? I think this line is right dead on here with Titans three and That's a half. boring radio. Um, I know it's really boring and people don't <laughs> want to hear that. They want to hear a pick and trust me, uh, I'll have some more NFL picks for you guys tomorrow. Point spread Sunday uh, from five to seven Pacific time here on Visa, the sports betting network. Um, but I think that this game right now, if I had to play anything, I honestly think I'd probably play Tennessee. And I, and I understand I've heard a lot of smart people talk about Miami this week and I get it. Like, yeah, even though the schedule has been weaker, but they've been getting better along the way. And Tennessee is still rather banged up. And the Tennessee offense really hasn't shown itself to be laying three and a half against anyone, at least at their current status with all the injuries that they're dealing with here. But Miami's offense is just, 
it's gross. And even watching it against the New Orleans Saints a week ago here, Tennessee is a similar physical style of defense. And if they get some pressure on Tua, which they should be able to because that Dolphins offensive line is really just horrible, probably the worst in the league, and that's not even an exaggeration, that I think that this Titans defense can win the game for Tennessee, and they might not need a big offensive output. So I would lean to Tennessee at this current number. If it pops three, I'll bet Tennessee. I guess what I'm saying. But right now at three and a half, I don't see any value in this game. I think that's a fair number for this line. But if it gets down to Tennessee, minus three, you'll see Tennessee in my pending wagers tomorrow morning. Well, to that end, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it, we've talked about alternative ways of trying to bet things, you know, looking at at Brown's division futures, you know, Mm -hmm. all those different kinds of things. With Miami, right? If if they win this game and they beat New England next week, Brian Flores should be your coach of the year, right? You would think so. I mean, so, you start the year one and seven and you win on like what nine straight games. Right. So, so with that, you know, I don't know what the price is out there right now for Miami to make the playoffs, but it's not the same price as Brian Flores to win coach of the year. So if you think Miami's going to win this weekend and then has a puncher's chance next week against new England, instead of betting that playoff price, I think Brian Flores to win coach of the year. I mean, if you win nine in a row and, and you beat new England in week 18 to get to the playoffs, yeah. I mean, so just, again, looking for all these different opportunities that are out there, trying to find as much equity and value as you possibly can, because this doesn't have to be as cut and dry as betting Miami plus three and a half or anything like that. Yeah, right now at BetMGM, Brian Flores, 20 to one to win coach of the year. And you mentioned it, you laid it out there. If they're able to get get to the playoffs and win nine straight games because of it, he's going to be the guy that gets talked about right now to win that award so yeah and not to hijack things but zach taylor at seven to one if the Bengals oh, beat the a, chiefs that's this a weekend, slam dunk i mean that know. is a slam and that's a market that we saw belichick was the controlling favorite for quite some time until this recent two-game losing streak now you're seeing frank reich being talked about quite a bit in that market there matt lafleur but if you're going to give rogers mvp how can you really give lafleur coach of the year it's like he's got the best quarterback in the league so what is he really doing but zach taylor seven to one right now bet mgm frank reich plus 350 what about Mike Vrabel? 14 to 1. If they're the number yeah. one seed, why not Mike Vrabel with dealing all the injuries that they've dealt with all throughout the year? That could easily be a guy that wins the award. Right. No, I agree. I, yeah. So if you're sitting there, right, and you just said you think that's a really good number with that Miami Tennessee game, I mean, is it is it a bad play to take Vrabel and Flores, 14 to 1 and 20 to 1, respectively? I don't think so. I mean, at the, all. Win, the winner of that game has a really good chance at winning coach of the year. That, that's an excellent point that I think that you brought up there. And now I'm going to be searching around to see if I can <laughs> get around. Best number. Stop around to get the best number for that Mike Vrabel because I think Tennessee wins the game. Now I do, like I talked about how I bet Bengals to miss the playoff. I clearly think Kansas City is going to win. So I don't know if Vrabel has a path to coach of the year if he doesn't get the one seed. But right. maybe Kansas City trips up against Denver next week. Who knows? Like, and, and these are important <laughs> things, diversifying your portfolio yes. like that. that. That's very, very important. And, and you know, we could – we could go on a tangent about New Year's resolutions in the betting landscape, but that's mm-hmm. one. You know, having a diversified portfolio of looking for opportunities, having creative ways of playing the way that something may, you know, come to fruition, I think it's really, really important, and, and maybe not enough people do that. And I think one of the things I'm definitely going to take into 2022 for the betting resolution is that just you don't have to bet futures before the season. Like, mm-hmm. I think people f- forget that, hey, these markets stay open all year long. Some of them don't. Uh, some of the rookie of the year markets, some of the other ones don't. But, like, in terms of MVP or to win the Super Bowl, I mean, these are updated weekly. And based on how the schedule shakes out, you can find some great numbers. I know people that have Kansas City Chiefs at, like, 12 or 14 to 1 when before the season they were, like, 5 to 1. Mm-hmm. And here they are again right now, 4 to 1. But if you got them midseason when they were, quote, unquote, in the slump, 
you got a great number or like right. just, there's ways to do it but just kind of have to be patient almost and pick your spots and if you build out a portfolio to where you have maybe buffalo 10 to 1 kansas city 14 to 1 tennessee 20 to 1 you're sitting in the playoffs looking like hey man just play the games and i'm gonna win money regardless absolutely 100 percent agree with that yeah that's a way to go about it we always got to think about these interesting ways to go about winning money in any sports here on the other side dave ross joins us as we wrap things up here betting across america presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on New Year's Day. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any sport to win $200 of free bets. Just use bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the holiday like never before and score big with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets when you bet on any sport on New Year's Day. Start the year off right and discover why there's nothing like a win at BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions 21 years of age or older to wait your new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. It is the final segment of Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Adam Burke here from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Uh, Dave Ross hopefully will be able to join us here in just a bit, but we saw another touchdown, Adam, in the Fiesta Bowl. Notre Dame now leads 28-7 to with 42 seconds left to go. Oklahoma State, though, does have first and goal with 42 seconds, so maybe this gets cut down to a 14-point game. But right now it's been all Irish as Tay Martin for the Oklahoma State Cowboys just caught a touchdown. So there we go. Oklahoma State back on the board, trying to keep this a game in a game that looks like it's trending way over the closing total. Yeah, way over for sure. Closing total was 45 for this one, or already up to 41 and should be 42 here before the half. Uh, you know, something I think is really interesting is, and I talked about this early on in the bowl season with how bad the Mac looked at first. And then mm -hmm. we just saw everybody flooding the market to fade the Mac, betting over in Mac games and all that. To me, I look at this game today, and, and this isn't a very ringing endorsement for the Big 12. It's not a really no. good look for Oklahoma State. And yet, when we look at the line for the Sugar Bowl tonight, it's down to pick them across, across most of the market. BetMGM is still showing Ole Miss minus one, but a lot of the market down to pick them here. So while this Oklahoma State game is going on, and while they don't look very good, the market coming in on Baylor is pretty interesting to me because usually you kind of get that reactionary activity in the markets, mm -hmm. but we're not seeing that for the Sugar Bowl. 
yeah, maybe they don't want to deal with Lane Kiffin, I guess. Maybe <laughs> like who wants the Lane Train? The, the Lane Train the Joe, is Joey Freshwater. Was that his name? <laughs> yeah, He's got a lot of names there. That guy Lane Kiffin, as a Lane Train, has made its way to New Orleans for that Sugar Bowl game. Like you mentioned, at BetMGM, Ole Miss one point favorites, total of fifty-eight, but that's gone up from the original opening number of fifty and a half. So if you like the over, you might be a little late to the party. The live line just popped in the Fiesta Bowl. Notre Dame ten and a half at BetMGM, total sixty-four. Four and a half after closing at 45. How about that? These two teams heard all the talk about how they can't score, can't score, or whatever, and they're lighting up these defenses right now. Uh, Jack Cohen on pace to throw for 684 yards, by the way. I mean, 342 (laughs) for this guy. For this, this guy. This guy. This guy. <laughs> I mean, I know, right? from what we saw earlier in the year, God bless him, though, man. If he's going to have a great game, go out on top uh, there at Notre Dame. After watching Graham Mertz in the Las Vegas Bowl, I bet Wisconsin wishes they still had Jack Cohen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that discussion. I remember Mertz. <laughs> I bet, I bet him on, uh, on him to win the Heisman. That went as poorly as anything possibly went for me in 2021. Um, Arkansas right now leads Penn State in the Outback Bowl 24-10. to 10. Razorbacks 10.5-point favorites on the live line total. 47 and a half. Of course, Arkansas went off as three and a half point favorites and it was 51 was the closing number 52. I should say for the total. So that game is trending toward the under with the Razorbacks leading it as we start the fourth quarter in Tampa. And of course the game that you're eyeing here, Adam Kentucky leads Iowa in the citrus bowl 13 to three, the market right now taken off the board, but the Wildcats went off as three-point favorites at close, and the total was about 44, 43 and a half, I believe it was, actually just populated. Kentucky right now, 13 and a half point favorites on the live line with a total of 35 and a half, so still trending toward the under and trending very much in favor of Big Blue Nation. Yeah, I'm happy about that. And a decent drive here so far for Kentucky to start the second half, and that's really important. You know, you talk about the second half adjustments, you talk about First of all, you talk about second half betting, live betting, all that. It probably goes without saying, but it's not a bad reminder. Make sure you know who's getting the ball first. Make yeah. sure you know who's getting that extra possession because that's really important from a second half and a live betting standpoint. And if Kentucky can do something with this first possession, they're going to be set up very, very well for the rest of the game. We got about six minutes left here in the show. And for the folks who might not have heard our thoughts on these games earlier in the day, but I kind of want to give final thoughts on the rest of the New Year's Six slate here. Um, but actually, we got Dave Ross ready to roll with us. So maybe we'll get Dave's thoughts on what he thinks might happen in these New Year's Six bowl games as Dave Ross, one half of the Ross and Reynolds connection over there at Circa here as we pass the baton to our guys <laughs> on betting across America. We located you, Dave. I was wondering if New Year's Eve got the best of you, but here you are in 3D for us. Dave, we were talking about these New Year's Six bowl games. Ohio State right now, four-point favorites, total of 63 and a half. Can I get you interested in the Buckeyes? Are you a part of this Utah Utes momentum here in the market? Femi, I will have no part of the Buckeyes today. What got me was Michigan last night. Playing Michigan, my goodness, I fell for the trap. And uh, yet maybe I have a little bit of a hangover for that one, gentlemen. Happy New Year to you both. Uh, Look, I was listening to you guys talk about it. And really, you know, a lot of these first half plays, too, to the point about who gets the ball first. I've noticed a lot of this recently in the bigger games here, the bigger bowl matchups. Whoever does seem to get the ball first has been advantageous. I know you always say you want to defer to the second half. We've seen a lot of these game scripts, kind of like the Michigan game last night. They fall behind 7-0. They're already pressing. So maybe you want to readjust that strategy when we get to, to Alabama and Georgia next week in the national championship game. But I do like Utah. 
And I like that they're still catching four last I saw here. And obviously with the opt-outs, that number came down from six. But I think if you put Utah in, and by the way, I am not in favor of college football expansion. But if they were in this year, <laughs> this would have been the one real dangerous team that I think some of the big boys might not have wanted to play, say, in an Elite Eight-type matchup here, to use the uh, NCAA basketball analogy. So I do like Utah, because I think on a neutral field, fully staffed Ohio State against fully staffed Utah, it was only about a touchdown. So, okay, you take away some big weapons for the Buckeyes, and I'm still catching four? Yeah, I like the Utes big time in this one, and I would sprinkle a little bit on the money line here, too. Real quick, I want to ask you about the total then, because I think that's a really interesting talking point where Ohio State missing two guys that had a ton of production for them. Smith and Jigba was actually their leading receiver, but you know, not mm-hmm. the guy that gets all the love and the accolades because he won't be a first-round pick this year. What do you think about the total then, where you, know, you like Utah in the game? Does that sort of send you one way towards the total? Yeah, Yeah, it does. And again, I kind of look at it and I say, boy, you take away Ohio State's weapons, so it's got to be an underplay here. But this number at 64, I think the only way I could do is play the over or pass here because I think this could get into that open space kind of wild shootout type scenario here. You know Utah is going to be all – this is not going to be a grind them out, punch them in the face type type game like they did against Oregon. I think they really want to show Ohio State that we've got speed out here and you're still a Big Ten school. And even though you're the elite of the Big Ten and you might have the the best athletes in the Big Ten, you kind of saw it yesterday with Michigan, too. Even against Georgia, who's not necessarily known, they're, they're thought of as an SEC physical power. Boy, they had some athletes that Michigan couldn't match up with. I think Utah wants to see if they can get them out in space a little bit, too. I do expect to track me, but I think Utah can pull away. It's an overplay or it's a pass for me. Dave, we got about a couple minutes left here. You're going to have a lot of time to discuss the games of today and to the folks who uh, want to get Dave's thoughts on those. Make sure to tune into Betting Across America starting at the top of the hour. But I wanted to get your take on the national title market. Georgia, Alabama, we're doing it again here, this time in Indianapolis. Right now, the Bulldogs, two and a half point favorites with the total at 52 and a half. What was your initial reaction when this market opened up last night? Okay, so what you're telling me, Femi, is I have to bet against Nick Saban with, what, about two weeks to prepare, the Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young, and I got to bet on Kirby Smart and Stetson Bennett. In the, like, <laughs> okay, that's, it's going to be tough for me to do that. It's going to be tough for me. And laying points and maybe a field goal with all those scenarios I just laid out. Look, I, I fell for the Cincinnati trap. To, bad day yesterday, New Year's Eve for me. Bad, 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 <laughs> right? So now I'm trying to educate myself and say, wait a minute. And now I got to lay a field goal and go against the Heisman Trophy winner and Nick Saban. That's going to be a tough sell for me. It's not just because of what we saw in the Sugar Bowl the first time around. It's for those other reasons. I, I got to think Stetson Bennett, who played the game of his life, I thought, last night against Michigan. Can he do it again against Alabama? Tell me that those ghosts aren't real. Right now, I got to take those points. I'm going to lay off the total. I want to see where the market moves that number here as we approach. Because, boy, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Yeah, shame on me somehow. But shame on me nonetheless, gentlemen. I don't know that I'm going to fall for the trap again. He is Dave Ross, one half of the Ross and Reynolds connection here on Betting Across America, which you can see at the top of the hour. Dave, appreciate you joining us. And you got a show to get ready for, so we'll let you go, buddy. But Happy New Year once again. Same to you guys. Appreciate the time as always. <laughs> Absolutely love the, the sticking of the landing of the fool me once uh, 
adage that one might say but uh you, you were about to get tripped up by it too <laughs> yeah honestly i was like let me just leave that to dave uh, uh he, he'll be the, he'll be our expert in it was that. a late night ha happy new year everybody it, it was a late <laughs> night but it's going to be a great new year and that does it for the show here first half of betting across america is down like we mentioned second half coming up with dave ross west reynolds on the other side thank you to aaron torres college football writer for fox sports thank you to greg peterson host of the greg peterson experience here at visa and of course thank you to dave ross for joining us here at the end of the show. Adam, it was fun. Well, Happy was fun. New Year, bud. Hopefully we cast some tickets. Your Buckeyes, you are on them at minus four. I'll see if I can join you in the live markets later on today. That does it. Like I said, Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds, top of the hour here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.